Wait, is that what sleep with the fishes means? You like take a Just bunch of heroin, fall asleep, and then roll off the dock and drown? <laughs> <laughs> Do heroin on land, kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moral of this movie. Do heroin on land. On kids. land. <laughs> it's not a bad rule of thumb. There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Eagles! We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find set around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. Oh, crap. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Dave? This month, our theme is Femme Fatale. We're looking for movies about dangerous women. Last week, Jay, you brought Lara Croft's Tomb Raider, starring Angelina Jolie, which eh, kind of fit, I guess. What do you mean, kind what? of fit? What do you mean? I guess I was more I mean, just... she wasn't fatal to anyone, though. That's true. Right? Like, it's, it's most of the name, Femme Fatale. So... Mm, all right, let's I, let's see what we can do this week. Casey, it's your turn on Femme Fatale. What did you bring for us to watch this week? Oh, man. So I was kind of struggling a little bit with this theme. Then when all of a sudden I remembered eight months ago when I thought one of my dogs was dying and I gave up and watched this movie based on a book, One for the Money, starring Katherine Heigl, <laughs> originally written by Janet Vonovic. My mom fucking loves these books. And she has given them to me, some of them. I've read them all out of order. I haven't read them all, but <laughs> I've only read them out of order and usually when like constipated. And I gotta look, I gotta, I hate that I love them. The mommy adventure genre can be fun. I'll say that. Yeah, it's a mommy, like mommy adventure, adventure genre. Sure. And yeah, uh, yeah our, our femme fatale is something. <laughs> It's, well, Case, uh, before we go too far, we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. Case, listen, you're hunting down a bounty because it's worth a sweet 50 grand, but you have one problem. You can't really get any of that done until you replace your shower curtain because your shower curtain got tore off. And here's the other thing, Case. You know that every time you go into a retail establishment, you're going to get mobbed. And it's like your ex-boyfriend that's there selling you. And so when you grab that shower curtain and you turn around, you're face-to-face -face with his sweaty little beady eyes staring at you, wanting to have conversation and try and hit on you. Maybe he's going to propose you. I don't know. In the 10 seconds you have before he engages you creepily, sell us on this movie. Failing up never looked this good. Take one part boobs, one part white privilege, and one part 50s feminism, and we just went back 50 years, girl. Wee! Ten seconds! That was a full, casual... Wow. Wow. I do want to push back on this being white privilege. We just rocketed so fast past white privilege onto just book protagonist magic. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. The, the, the line I'm specifically thinking of is when Lula's partner is like talking about like, don't. No, no, no. I'm tired of white people coming in and blah, blah, blah. And Catherine Heigl says, hey, hey, I'm one of the good ones. And I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. Yup. No. That's exactly what the good ones say. She hey, said I'm one of the good ones. 
Always Sunny really has just <laughs> shown the inadequacies <laughs> of so much other media. <laughs> if we're going to explore what One for the Money did to us, we're going to need to go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. I don't... We're going to need more money, too. Stephanie Plum is a working-class Jersey girl, and she's just been unemployed from retail for months. Lucky. <laughs> yeah, her mental health is here, really right? good right now. It's... <laughs> it's good for her. It's familiar stuff here, right? She's down on her luck in desperate need of money. She's trying to dodge her mom's efforts to hitch her up with the local wealthy but schlub owner of a, a Bed Bath & Beyond knockoff. There's no way he's wealthy. Absolutely not. He's working class wealthy, Dave. He's the kind of guy that can own, like, a boat and has a condo uh. somewhere. Anyways, Plum tries to get a clerking job for her cousin Vinny. Wait, different movie. Anyways. Yeah, I know. I know. I know the whole time. She walks out of the office a full-on bail bondsman because her high school sweetheart has a $50,000 dead or alive bounty on his head, and she's going to go after him. Why not? Sure. Dead or alive bounty. Yeah. That's how you start. Yep. Which is not a real thing. Yeah, I was like, does it count as murder if I, like, kill this guy? I'm like, here's your 50 grand. Like, where's my 50 grand? I poisoned his food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the film also makes sure to establish that, as revenge, Plum hit Morelli with her car and broke his leg. And that's um a running joke? That was joke? in high school. Question mark? I, I, like, assault with a car uh, is an interesting joke. Yeah, it's funny because she's a woman. Oh, basically, it what it, it implies is she used to be like the bad guy UFC guy that goes around like killing women and beating up sex workers. Uh-huh. But it's fine because she's hot and white. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right, got it. Anyway. That was actually the only part that rang true to me that anybody was still bringing up. Because like, oh yeah, yeah, he didn't call you back. You need to move the fuck on. But when he shows up, and immediate was like, oh hey, remember when you hit me with a car? Yeah, that would be my first sentence, too. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Absolutely. Oh, hey, anyway. when's the last time I saw you? Oh, yeah, it was when you hit me with a car. <laughs> anyway, Morelli is a cop on the lam because he shot an unarmed man while off duty, which I guess just checks out. And I think that you should let that sit because the film is gleefully unaware of the significance of this yeah, plot yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, like like he's going to get tried. They, <laughs> okay. They skipped right over that point. Yeah. That was one of the f- <laughs> genuinely had to rewind to find out what this cop had a half a million dollar bail for. Right. Another right. point they try to skip over. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> I'm going to say that's the most unrealistic part of the movie is that like his boss didn't try to cover it up. <laughs> It's Trenton, New Jersey, like, back the blue. What the fuck? (laughs) Wow. The fact that the union's not involved anywhere in... At all, I I know. I had to Google so much. I know, I know. Over the course of this stupid fucking plot point that didn't need to be there. It didn't. It was totally superfluous. But yeah, anyway. Well, with unearned gusto, no training equipment, really anything beyond a Saturday morning cartoon understanding of what a bail bondsman does... Stephanie sets off chasing the possible murderous cop. Again, murderous cop. (laughs) She sold lingerie six months ago, and now she's chasing a murderous cop. Okay, let me say this, though. Like, back in my student debt days, if I found out, like, hey, we'll wipe your debt and pay your your rent for the next couple months 
if you chase this murderous cop, I would have given it a shot. You know what I mean? And also, he's your ex-boyfriend. Which one? <laughs> the one with the ugly kids or the borderline <laughs> chomo? Because mm, that's a lot of debt that could be erased. Fair. Fortunately, when she gets in over her head, which is always, it's, it's pretty much every other scene, she has a veteran that she can call by the name of Ranger. He looks like Michelangelo dipped the statue of David in caramel and strapped some heat on him. Art people freak out. <laughs> Don't let them dip any of your statues in anything. We should include that Michelangelo dipped the statue of David in caramel is, is a direct quote from the film because this is a horny mom book. <laughs> yeah. This is like, oh, the yes, bus went over a speed bump in the right way. And oh, mm. Yeah, so we have some deeply horny narration we're going to have to talk about at some point, and it upset me. <laughs> but we're going to move on right now. All right, so Plum tries to track down the sex worker that rented the apartment where the, the whole scene went down. And she runs into this guy called Benito Ramirez, who's her ultra-violent MMA boyfriend, the, the sex workers. And his manager, who's called Jimmy Alpha. What's his name, though? John Leguizamo. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, John. So Ramirez is about to assault Plum, but just at that moment, Morelli shows up to save her. Yeah, the murderous cop on the run jumps in to save her because he's apparently still working the case. I guess. His cover. I don't know. I hate it. Whatever. This cements the arc of the film where Plum is working with Morelli. <laughs> Not because she still wants to fuck him, like the angry-faced Tammy is. No, because she's still <laughs> mad about giving him her cannoli 20 years ago. Okay, I oh, actually she think she wants that... to fuck him. <laughs> I actually think that, that that's the one thing that you could call virginity that would have made teenage me quit. Nope, I'm not sticking my dick in a cannoli. Plum continues investigating and gets bailed out by Ranger again, while the people that talk to her keep getting murdered. The movie really kind of skips over that fact, but yeah, everyone who talks to her gets murdered. Was it murder or did they fucking kill themselves? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fortunately, Trenton is a small town, is it? I don't I don't think it is. I think Trenton, New Jersey is a fairly... I don't know anything about New Jersey, and I'm glad for it. Yeah, anyway, the local Bed Bath & Beyond owner brags about knowing the guy that Morelli killed. See, the dude visited the fish shop across the street, Oh, oh, look, just now. It just so happens that that fish shop, right as we're standing there, in there, is it, it, looking out the window, is getting a delivery by the exact man that Plum is looking for. What the fuck are the odds? Far too convenient. <laughs> I mean, have we considered that maybe this is like a Curse of Strahd situation where like there are borders that no one can cross, so it's been like the same people <laughs> stuck in like a four block radius for years and like <laughs> maybe that or like a Truman show. I've never watched that, but I think that's they're in a dome, aren't they? Trenton is the real hell. Hell is just Trenton. Plum and Morelli follow the guy's truck. They discover that they are running heroin. Oh, my God. In the back of a delivery truck, they find dead bodies. The movie's still kind of not taking any of this seriously. Now, so Ramirez and Alpha show up to try and finish off Plum and Morelli, which, unfortunately for them, Plum has learned in the last three days with, so far as I'm aware, one previous experience firing yet. 
how to fire five rounds perfectly into John Leguizamo's chest from 20 feet away. She's mad. Really That's more how guns scared work. than anything the, else. The more mad you are, the better they work. She was gleeful. So she leaves bodies in the truck because, you know, crime scene integrity is key. She doesn't want to disturb it. So what she does is... No, you don't want to drive off with half of the crime scene. Right. She leaves John Leguizamo's body on the ground to maybe be found by, like, a bystander that just, just happens to walk by and drives off with the truck. With Morelli locked in the back. Locked in the back. And he's fucking livid, right? Because, you know... I wouldn't yeah. want to be locked in the back of a truck with a bunch of dead bodies, including one that's been stuffed in a barrel for, for however long. I, whatever. None of it matters because the the once the cop gets out of jail, he's going to bring her a cupcake and we can continue with our shitty love triangle in the next one, I guess. But also the last scene before he brings her a cupcake, he is trying to murder her with his own hands and has to be restrained by three police officers. That's true. In front of a lot of police officers, presumably on heroin, right? Like, you got to figure <laughs> he got up to something back there. <laughs> he does uh, taste test a little bit, right? I don't know. He didn't taste test it. He just looked at it. Oh, is that? I, I saw yeah. him finger fuck it, and then I thought yeah. he did the taste Yeah, he, he picked just, it up. He yeah. was just checking to make sure it was yellow. He just uh, checked how it smelled. You know, that's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just sniffing it. Like, uh, but yeah, like, presumably he had some idea where they were going. Like, he had to know she was taking him to the cops for the $50,000 sure. bounty, right? Sure. But the moment the gate on that truck came up, he came out of it like a fucking bull. Right, right. Ready to fucking yeah. just do some work. He was prepared to do this. Yeah, he'd been thinking about it the whole commute. And I don't blame him. Fortunately, there are no consequences at all for anything in this movie. Because I love that there's like Nepotism. 40 cops outside and they're clapping for her and celebrating this and not having a fucking <laughs> meltdown. That, yeah. Like, you did what to a crime scene? You drove off with it? You took you, half the crime right, scene away? You, you left the body there? You, you couldn't have called. You have a cell phone. You have a cell phone, right? Like, you could have called someone. But you waited until you were 20 minutes away to get this money. What the fuck is wrong with you? I just, I. Yeah. I feel like she did a ton of crimes, too. Everyone does crimes. <laughs> oh, man. Debbie. Stephanie moved a whole crime scene. Ranger. Well, they don't address any of his. But Morelli criming it up all yeah. over the place. Yeah. Firing a gun in a gym after you should have turned your gun and badge in. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm willing to write off grandma's accidental discharge of the firearm as just, you know, haha, funny movie moment. Um, I do kind of, in the list of crimes in the movie, I do kind of want to give uh, uh, Ranger a straw man purchase that's implied in the film. No, it's, it's a, it, what do you mean implied? He literally makes a straw purchase. Well, you know, they they could have filled out the paperwork in her name off screen and he's just, you know, paying the bill for her as a romantic thing. But I like the idea that he's just like, no, I'm buying this. No, he says you can't buy it because you don't have a license. Yeah. All right. That cool. is his okay, exact yeah. oh. word. See, I was so fucking zoned out in this boring ass film that I missed that that was explicit. Cool. Yeah, it's okay. a straight up straw purchase. Laws yes. don't prevent criminals from criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Stephanie commits a lot of crimes as a bail yeah. bonds agent. Um, some of them do do that, though, so that's not... 
but uncommon. it's also a lot because her cousin works in the pl- like everybody knows somebody who knows somebody so you don't really there aren't consequences yeah no this is uh okay yeah let's let's just talk about that for a moment her cousin owns a bail bonds office which currently has an open bail uh, or which currently has an open bond on her high school sweetheart worth fifty thousand dollars, who she's able to track down because this other paramour that owns the local bed bath and beyond knows where to find the flat nose guy they need to go after him. I don't I don't know how to respond because you're you're again, the one of the hallmarks of one for the money is that it, there are no consequences that it yeah, cares yeah, yeah, about yeah. exploring. It the... just wants to say something to you. To use that, and if you think that that has any other implications besides the way that they're using it in the movie, you're crazy. Right. Like, she was working in what is a public-facing position in a Macy's previous to this. I don't believe that the mother character, as depicted in this film, hasn't shown up at Macy's trying to, like, drop off food or check in In on her daughter once in the last six months. Right. Right. Right? My God. Most of the time why I didn't call in to work waitressing is because my mom was there like three to four <laughs> days a week. I was like, oh, shit, this bitch isn't knowing I'm hungover. I'll go in. Right. I'm not going to like it. <laughs> oh, man, that's a whole nother thing I didn't really think about. If she was an apartment manager and actually terminated that wasn't her responsibility, she would have got uh, unemployment checks. And she probably would have done all right with the unemployment checks. I mean, not, you know, great, but. Yeah, I mean, um, she wouldn't have been making shit to begin with, and now she's making 70% of shit. But, like, yeah, you know, fair. I get why you decided, well, they could take the car and this will cover the rest, I guess. You know, the math checks out there. So, yeah, totally buy that. What I don't buy is that she just walks into her cousin's bail bonds office and he's like, oh, hey, uh, actually, yeah, your ex-boyfriend's got a $50,000 bounty on him. You should go after that. Um, because, no, no, he didn't. He's not sending his fucking cousin after the murderous cop with a $50,000 bounty. Well, he tries to stop her from doing that and give her entry level jobs, but then she blackmails him for making out with her at her wedding. Another one of the crimes she commits. I mean, yeah. Okay. I guess that, yeah, it was technically blackmail. Yeah, it was totally blackmail. She said, Dave, did you hey, even watch this movie? Right. No, or did I, you just watch the trailer. No, I just realized like it, it definitely was clearly blackmail. I'm just fine with it in this case. Hey, I'm going like, to tell your wife that this dominatrix ratted out some fucked up shit you did with her while you were married is blackmail. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess my only complaint on that one is you should be telling her already, but the, like you tried to make yeah. out with me at my wedding and now I'm going to use that to like extract shit out. Of oh money. yeah. No. Yeah. A hundred percent. Honestly, it's kind of, it, it's, it's almost impressive in a way when you read, no, remembering that this came from a book, right? Like you yeah. read so many books where authors have clearly fallen down an absolute rabbit hole of research for pointless minutia. Sure. <laughs> and rice, you don't have to teach a fucking class. Right. <laughs> I've learned a lot about the architecture of New Orleans reading and <laughs> I've learned a lot about boy love practices in the olden times. Thanks, Anne Rice. And then there's this kind of dime store pop. <laughs> 
I, it, they, uh, they, it's like she barely even understands the words that are being written, much less like put any <laughs> research into them. <laughs> Like, you gave me shit for, like, oh, did you even watch the movie? I tried to. <laughs> Dave, were you vacuuming and reading not, subtitles? No. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. No, I was, I was and sitting I, on. I mean that. I was sitting on my couch, and I was constantly rewinding, going, wait, wait, that was heroin? Right. You just skipped over the fact <laughs> yeah, that that was heroin. Just, like, roll right They already that. talked about they thought he was shipping drugs right and, but they they like, told you that already they're not trying to beat it with the debt we're trying to beat to death the like horny an leg incredibly dark plot of not heroin right. there's an incredibly dark yes. plot in this film and they keep going back to the when, horny leg when, okay the, the the jumping the shark for me is at one point in the film plum steals morelli's vehicle and is driving it around and she has it parked outside of her apartment and the bail bondsman that that was supposed to take the Morelli job was injured and he comes off surgery and he goes over to her her apartment to bully her to take that and to take the case and and he steals Morelli's car keys goes out to the car there's a car bomb attached to it and he blows up and the movie treats this like a joke a man is car bomb IRA style. I mean, it is a fucking epic explosion. Literally, the next two lines after the explosion are jokes. Are jokes. I was like, a man has lost his life here. Right. right. To a fucking car bomb. And that's where I realized this movie just doesn't care about its consequences. And it wants to have fun with stuff. Like, wow. Wow. Okay. Before we even move on from that, we got to point out what was Catherine Heigl's last line to that character before he stepped in? Uh, God is going to punish you. God is going to punish you. And then that's the joke is when the cops are there showing up, she's like, I don't know. My working theory is that God wanted to punish him. Yeah. You're a murder right, suspect. Right. Catherine. Yeah. Well, that Ramirez was after her and had been the one that planted the bomb. Like she is, is being hunted by these fucking thugs. My question to you is, do you think Joe just hid in the apartment because the level of cop work that all of them are doing is like, <laughs> yeah, as long as I just like sit in this room with the door closed like a cat, no, tell him no. you got your cat in there. No, you know what? He had figured, he's hiding in the apartment because he had figured out there is some weird, magical, cosmic magnet going on. She's with a dream this woman vortex. That... <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, if I just stay close to her, she's going to hoover up all the necessary people for me to figure out what's going on. She's Rose Walker in this universe. Uh, Yeah, I guess. What was the Naked Bounty's name? Oh, he he did, but I forgot what it was. Uh, That was actually a delightful scene for me. It was like angry skinhead who steals her gun and shoots Ranger. And he looks like every like meth bald meth guy on cops but he's jacked yes and uh that scene that did it for me that was fun i i would have liked more a like serial of her getting into wacky hijinks of bonding like that one than a single long big climactic love interest nonsense that was nothing 
You also got the old man that was a, a nudist and refused to ever put pants on. And I feel like the most realistic part of this film is when Morelli catches her transporting him and he notices that guy's naked and just has his his balls on his seat. In his car. (laughs) And I feel like that was a a natural reaction. Oh yeah, she does commit Grand Theft Auto. That's another crime that Plum commits. Just while we're on the topic of crimes Plum commits. Yeah, she commits Grand Theft Auto, but she's, to be fair, she's stealing it from the the, the car she's chasing, right? In an attempt to bring him out. After breaking into his home, which is also a crime. Absolutely. Still a crime after breaking into his home. Also a crime. Um, If she has reasonable suspicion that he's there, she can maybe kick in the door and do that as a bail bonds agent, but probably not most of the time. Um, But more importantly, that's uh, that 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 car's owned by a cop with an open warrant for potential murder. Like, how is she just not getting (laughs) pulled over every two blocks in that thing? That's a really good point. I did not think of because that's that's Trenton cops. Question mark. Is this like a meta commentary on the police? Wait, is this secretly smart? Like the only side effect of her bringing that in is the cop that she's chasing coming to her. And then, you know, the car bomb later when they need to get rid of this new character. they introduced. (laughs) You're not going to help her? Get out of here. He exclusively exists to eat the car bomb for her. He is the car bomb tank so that they could have a car bomb, but she could dodge it. And it's such a weird car it bomb really to include. Is. Also, can I just take contention with her, like, constant, like, oh, crap. Like, it made me think of Fifty Shades of Grey, because doesn't Anastasia in the book say, like, oh, crap, like, every time she's horny and every, like, three seconds? I think I've seen some some shots yeah, of I'm, That's kind of that what that been. felt Something like, where it was like, no, yes. no, she wouldn't right now. The oh, crap brings up one of the more painful parts of this movie, for me at least, which is the fucking accent. <laughs> now, yeah. I'll be fair. I don't know what the New Jersey accent is really okay. supposed to sound like. I don't think you need to. I right. Like I maybe this is an art situation, you know, where I know it when I see it. And in this case, I definitely know it when it's not. <laughs> and whatever the fuck Catherine Heigl was doing was not. It. I bet she said a couple things right across the movie. Here's why I know it wasn't consistent. So I knew it couldn't have been right unless that's like. The Jersey accent is super complicated. Like there's triple speak. Like not only is it not consistent, it's completely absent in a lot of scenes, which makes me think this was a Robin Hood scenario. <laughs> like she tried something and Quit. at some point was just told, please stop. Honestly, okay. It's worth noting that like this movie cares so little about death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> I genuinely, when I finished, had to stop and go, wait, was this a femme fatale? Does anyone die? And yeah, a lot of people die. The movie just doesn't give a shit to point a camera at it. It reluctantly lets you see John Leguizamo get shot. And then it tries to teehee back to the rom-com as she locks He's her ex-boyfriend up with me. the heroin and dead bodies in the back so of the semi. So Casey's bingo had Dave questioning whether or not this was a femme fatale movie. We made Dave rant yeah, bingo no, and there are, last night. There are 
there are a lot. I get it. This is an easy bingo <laughs> both ways. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, like, I genuinely was unsure sure. how many bodies were in the back of that truck until right. we talked it out on this. Because the movie does no, not, not care. Not at all. She is not at all. very It doesn't care about fatale. the heroine. It doesn't right. care about the death. If you just look at everybody who is killed directly because of her actions, she's got a high body count. Well, higher than Laura Croft. She's more fatale. Yeah. So my yeah, favorite absolutely. is that after the the stoner gets murdered, she warns the cops to move these two people from a building because they're going to be the next targets. And the cops move them, but the building is the victim of arson. The building is burned fucking down. So how many people did they not move out that died in that fucking fire? I mean, right? probably a few. Guilty yeah. of the crime yeah. of being poor. Right. It's it's a <laughs> arson in a poor building. There's no way everybody was saved. I maybe in let's Trent, let's New be Jersey. generous. Let's be generous and say they were. Their lives are fucked. Going off, uh, going off tropes of the the genre as a book. There probably was something in the book about how that was old and abandoned or everybody was out in time. Like, because that, that is frequently, and they just didn't. Yeah, but those people, what little they had, now everything's gone. And, you know, where are they staying for the next six months, sure. Stephanie? Are you right. going to invite them over? Okay, what the fuck are you <laughs> watching that is just, oh, that is meticulously following up? <laughs> With every oh, fucking transplanted victim of the implied It's like Marvel of, of like, great, they saved New York. To set the city back 40, 50 years. <laughs> right. we, we don't follow up on the people that developed PTSD because they were in the club the night John Wick shot. <laughs> oh, the my side. God. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was the only good part of Batman versus Superman is the beginning where everybody's pissed the motherfucker off that Superman destroyed fucking New York in his fight with Zod. Legitimately, some of my absolute favorite comics of all time are the side stories where they talk about how infrastructure is restored <laughs> in the wake of these super fights and the good and the bad that comes out of it. It's great. Okay, there's a question, Dave. Who do you ship? Yeah. Plum and Ranger, Plum and Morelli, Plum and someone else, Plum and nobody. Who was Cunts. the Bed Bath Beyond Cunts. owner? What was his name? Cunts. I, I ship Plum and Cunts. I want her unhappy. <laughs> what about I you, love Casey? I that for you. Mm, I'm going to say Ranger and Jimmy Alpha. <laughs> it's for me. It's for yeah, me. I'm in on that. I like that. I I really like Dave's idea. I I yeah. don't want her happy either. Then make it's, her marry her cousin uh, Vinny. It, oh, they did make out at her wedding or his wedding. Someone's wedding. Her Whose wedding. wedding was it? It was her wedding. Oh, yeah, because she was divorced. Yeah, okay. I think uh, because they thought they were going to get, you know, more movies and, you know, more of a franchise out of this. They wanted to play more of a long game uh. with the romance. Um, but that clearly didn't work out. And the result is that we don't have enough of a romance between anyone in this movie for me to give a shit about it. Yeah. Well, one of the things I noticed while watching One for the Money is that both 
in the audio and in what's happening on scene, everything that occurs is two beats away from a porno. Yeah. Every scene is just, right? Think about, uh, and, and there's some really easy ones, right? So Morelli handcuffs her to uh, her shower curtain rod naked, and there's funk music, someone slapping the bass in the background, right? Ooh, and I'm going, like, all right, and now he's going to be like, oh, you thought I was here to fix the pipes. Well, I'm here to lay pipe. Yeah, and that, that was it. I was ready for it. I mean, Kat, yeah, Catherine Heigl has a voiceover in that scene about how she had fantasized about being in handcuffs naked right. in front of him. More before. than once. Right. I presume this is a setup for something that's finally consummated like eight books down the series, Casey. I don't Casey. know if it's that far. Think about when she yeah. meets uh, Jimmy Alpha the first time. He's like, hey, come to my office. Sit down. And then he's like having a chat with her. And there's a funk music in the background. Someone's it's slapping John the bass. It's John Leguizamo. It's John Leguizamo. Right? And then suddenly he's like, I can help you find him. But only if we. And he rips his clothes off. I don't know. Two beats away. From, everything is two beats away from a porno. Even a shorter scene of just her opening the door to Morelli at the very end of the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, he's like, I've thought of you. And you look down and the cupcakes on his like turgid dick two beats away from a porno like what's what's just before softcore porn softest semi-solid <laughs> semi-solid <laughs> I don't know. semi-solid porn <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's just a little, it's Mormon horny. Yeah, yeah, Mormon horny. You okay? No, I uh, I wanted to see what our source was, so I'm looking up excerpts from One for the Money. Uh, would you like to hear how, uh, what happened when Morelli got his leg broken? Yes. You know, yes. this 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 founding yes. incident? Uh, okay, blah, blah, blah. I like hearing about 70 Plum's crimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the number. Why they're numbered. Time, the books. We're counting the crimes. Yeah. The series will never end. <laughs> We're way past one already. All right. The next time I saw him, I was three years older. I was on my way to the mall driving my father's Buick when I spotted him standing in front of the meat mm. market. I gunned the big V8, jumped the curb, and clipped Morelli from behind, bouncing him off the front <laughs> right fender. Yeah, that's just, that's a crime. That's just so it's, crime. It's, there is no ambiguity <laughs> about this. I stopped the car and got out to assess the damage. Anything broken? He was sprawled on the pavement, looking up my skirt. My leg. Good, I said. Then I turned my he- on my heel, got into the Buick, and drove to the mall. <laughs> oh. I attribute the incident to temporary insanity, and in my own defense, I'd like to say I haven't run over anyone since. Oh, that's fucking incredible. That's fucking incredible. It's like the, it's like the woman that finally went to jail for murdering her husband after she wrote a book about murdering her husband. <laughs> <laughs> this really just happened again. I'm, that's such a Chad I'm move, though. I'm like, now if the author of this book has an ex-boyfriend she hit with a car at some point. I think someone needs to look into it, just in case. <laughs> Web sleuths? Is anybody... I mean, if they have, great. But if we haven't, we should be. We're four beats past a porno at this point. <laughs> so, guys, I need to know. Dave, 
No, I'll save you for last. Jay, one for the money, starring Sir Catherine Heigl. Would you watch it again? Like I said earlier, I really want to like one for the money. It is the sort of like cheesy. And if it were campy, if it were campy, I think that I would be sold on this movie because it is absolutely ridiculous. Takes nothing seriously. Misses the comedy elements is not romantic. I just, I'm not sure what we're going for. And like, there are such great bit characters Maybe a serial that could have been a lot of fun. I don't know. There's almost something here. But at the end of the day, One for the Money is a fucking mess. It is a smorgasbord <laughs> of confusion <laughs> and, and disaster. And I don't, I, I do have a hard time looking away from the train wreck, but I'm not sure that I want to come back and visit the train wreck again. So no, I'm not going to watch One for the Money again. But Dave, what about you? 2010's One for the Money, would you watch it again? Uh, let's get this out of the way. No, I'm absolutely not going to watch <laughs> one for the money again. Really? No. I Look, there was the potential for something that could have been fun here. I am not against these types of just trashy dime store protagonists, all right? And if you're just slightly more aware of it than this movie or maybe book series is and have a bit more fun with the characters around it, I am yeah. all fucking in on it. But they weren't. Uh, I don't. I don't like the protagonist. I don't like the supporting cast. I don't. There isn't really a romance here. There's just implications of romances past and future. So there's not even like a fun rom com to go here. No, I'm absolutely not watching <laughs> one for the money again. I, I'm very upset. I'm so I had surprised. to this time. Casey, how about you? You brought this on a starring. Uh, so, starring Katherine Heigl. I'm not giving her a star. I don't believe you she's been knighted. Trust me. Would it be Dame? One for the money, would you? Watch it again. No, I mean, sir. Um, <laughs> I wanted nothing more than to have your apartment bugged while you were watching this movie because it had been a, it had been a while since I'd seen it and I was watching it with Dave and all I could think was like, Dave is gonna hate this so much. I was, it was pretty the upset. dialogue was atrocious. It, I mean, it's like the middle-aged lady version of Hudson Hawk with its. I'm trying to yeah. zap. He <laughs> said, yeah. "We're ancient history, babe, yeah. like the Great Pyramids." Like what? That was a line. That was in other and things. It was used more of, than once. Yeah, yeah, they they said it twice, and I was, like, physically groaning, like, ah, oh, we didn't need it. We didn't need it. <laughs> um, yeah, it definitely has its fault. Even John Leguizamo is, like, m not happy to be in this film, but I'm happy he's there. Yeah. Uh, but I have a complicated relationship with this because I do enjoy the books as, like, a beach read, as, like, I'm pooping. I need help. Uh, my phone is plugged in. <laughs> so, yes, I would watch this again, probably with my mom. And that's the verdict. One out of three of us would watch this again. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I kind of knew that coming in, but I still wanted to take everybody else for the ride. So, Dave, I know you think you can do better. What are you going to bring next week to top this bottom winning box office? <laughs> bottom box office winning movie <laughs> earnings 
I'm making a top bottom joke. What are you bringing? No, we got I it. Know we what got you're it. Doing. You worked really yeah. hard to get there. <laughs> well, first of all, I will be bringing my fan fiction about Stephanie Plum's deeply unhappy <laughs> marriage to cunts. I love Good. that. I went through a lot of different options for this month. Femme Patel's a pretty deep uh, field of very, very bad films. There's a lot of options out there, but I went with one that I haven't watched in a very long time. Um, one that I kind of consider a classic that is very much <laughs> not. Directed by Sam Raimi and starring Sharon Stone, we're going to be watching The Quick and the Dead. Well, next week can't come quick enough, if you know what I mean. Wink. Follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. Throw us a bone on the Patreon slash shittycinema or peepshittycinema.com. Check the show notes if you didn't catch all that. And in the meantime, let's turn out the lights. Have three dudes break into our apartment. And just chalk it up to wacky coincidence. <laughs> I'm not in danger. Huh?